0: This is the Sue Freeze Show, talking about life, relationships, and achieving.
1: Unashamed and unafraid, because I believe you mean it when you say, I am strong, beautiful, I am good enough.
2: I belong after all, because of what you've done. This is real, what I feel. No one made it up. I
0: am love. Here's your host, Sue Freeze.
2: Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. And I am so humbled and so happy to be with you today. I have a guest. She's been on once before and she's here again because she was so good the first time. I just needed to hear more. So I have Kelly Bryan with me. And I know Kelly Bryan from dancing. You know, some of you that listen on a regular basis know that Sue Freeze dances. It's something she does for stress relief. And it's just a passion. And uh, any of you out there that need something to do where you just need to be social and you need to meet people and you just want to, you know, get out and do something physical, dancing's a wonderful way to do that. Whether it's line dancing, which you don't need a partner, or you want to get into partner dancing, it's a wonderful, wonderful way, a, a great activity. And there are so many people and it's a great community. It's like a second family, isn't it, Kelly? It
1: is, for sure.
2: Yeah. So welcome, welcome again, Kelly. Thank you. To the show. And, uh, you know, the first time around, if you missed her the first time, you'll have to go back into the Sue Freeze podcast and, and listen to the first show because it was wonderful. But we're going to talk about some other things that have happened or happening in Kelly's life. And the reason we do this on the Sue Freeze show is because we want to bring help to the helpless, hope to the hopeless. And if, if if ever a story can inspire or encourage another, isn't that a wonderful thing? And so that's what we're trying to do today. And and so today, Kelly's going to talk about she's very pregnant, and we are filming TV right now and radio because Sue Freeze has a TV show, and obviously you're listening to the radio show. So she's very pregnant right now, and she's adorable pregnant. And uh, recently, what I'm going to put up on uh, the Sue Freeze site, you have to go there and look at this, is there's a video of Kelly and her husband dancing. And uh, she's dancing very pregnant, and I'm not going to give you any more information. You're just going to have to go and watch it for yourself It's going to go viral. I just know it is. So you're going to have to watch. But it's wonderful because pregnancy is a beautiful thing. And Kelly um, is just shining and glowing like pregnant women do. And uh, she dances. She danced so gracefully with this extra weight in the front. And from the back, you can't even tell she's pregnant. But from the front, you definitely can tell she's pregnant. Anyway, so we're going to talk today about another segment or another time in our life because we all have different seasons And, uh, you know, we have good seasons and we have bad seasons, and it's not that we have them, it's what we do with them and what we learn, the lessons that we learn. Right, Kelly? Yes. So Kelly's going to talk today. So we'll just get started. We'll just dive right in. How's that? Sounds great. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit, just to give those that didn't hear the first show, about the background of your first marriage and choices and things like that, and then we'll move into, you know, kind of where you are now and where you've been. Okay? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Okay. So go ahead and just share with the audience.
1: Yes, just to recap from last time that we spent time together, um, I was a very A-type, good girl student all the way through school, ended up in college on a full-ride scholarship, graduated pretty much straight A's from college with a degree in geology from UC Riverside, Um, had $20,000 in the bank, no debt, no debt. Uh, I saved myself for marriage. I ended up meeting someone while I was in college, and we got married, and I felt like I had done all the right things that they say, go to college, save money, blah, 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 all that. Um, And I found myself very quickly in a very different situation that ultimately ended up with um, my now ex-husband in prison for some bad business practices, and I found myself at risk for uh, arrest, and I ended up having to file bankruptcy, and it was just a really bad time back taxes were owed that i had to pay and it was it was a bad time but i eventually got through that it's kind of what the first show talked about mm-hmm. um making the best out of all that and getting yourself through some challenging times so i found myself on the other side of that um, but as part of that i would actually visit him in prison every friday night that was my ritual to ask questions about what i had found in the last week and finally, after months and months of my Friday night being taken up with prison visits, which I never in a million years imagined that would be me going to prison every Friday night as my night out, um, eventually I found that uh, I didn't need to go anymore. I had all my answers. Everything was on track for getting things fixed, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking for something fun to do. So now I'm in my late 20s, early 30s, and I'm not a bar person or a club kind of person, so i didn't really know where to be spending my time and making new friends and things cuz most of my friends are married with kids and right, it's right. a different life yeah, right and that's
2: tough and there's a lot of people in that situation right now that are probably listening and it is a difficult time when you you know most of your friends are in a different place in their lives than you are and so what do you do with your time
1: right, right? yeah i didn't my i they were still very much a support system and and wonderful to me and important to me, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be going out on Friday nights with them. Right. They've got husbands and kids and yeah, things be, to do. Right. Yeah. The odd man out. Yes. So through kind of a strange way, I found myself at a country bar right, uh, with some kind of new friends and immediately was drawn into line dancing because it probably sounds terrible, but you don't need a boy to do it. <laughs> you can just go out and, and dance. And uh, I had a Wonderful time. And while it was at a bar, mm-hmm. um, you know, the country bars are very right. different than like the clubs yes, in L.A.
2: They are definitely different.
1: Very different feel. And yes. there's a contingent that goes to drink and stuff. Right. But there's also a contingent that goes to dance. Right. And that's what I started doing. At first, I tried to scrounge up people to go with me and eventually got to the point where i just show up and I knew enough people there that it was like a little dance family, like right. you said before. Uh-huh. It is. So I started – dancing there and eventually found out that you can actually compete as a uh, in couples or even in line dancing. But I, I started finally partner dancing. So right. got into like two step and things like that and found out that uh, you could take classes on this. So a guy actually came to me and said, you girls are all terrible here. You're terrible at dancing. There's people that are much better than you at this. And you can take classes, you should take classes. So while that was very rude, uh, what it led me to were some classes where I got better and eventually started competing, and it's how I met my now husband. So he was actually my judge um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I was competing in a division called Newcomer. So I was a brand-new baby dancer, and it was right here in Pomona, um, and that's where we met. So
2: Wonderful um, story.
1: Yeah, it was yeah. great. And so he actually found me on Facebook and asked me some very just, Benign questions. It was, oh, I, do you have other dance training? And I see you're a geomorphologist. And then it kind of led to discussions from there. But just really above board, friendly discussions. Right. And then I saw him at a few more dance events, and within ooh a couple months we were in love, and within six months we were engaged, and within eleven months we were married. So on the
2: wonderful story, yeah, on yes. the
1: backside of just this really bad. Experience with my first marriage that just took a lot out of me. There was just this really fantastic year in my life where just things seemed to fall into place. And we both really, really wanted children. Mm -hmm. So we got on that right away. (laughs) And (laughs) I actually got pregnant uh, the week of our wedding.
2: Wow. That's pretty fast. yes,
1: Yes. And so I felt like that was a message like that God had put everything in place. And it was a message saying, now you're on the right track and everything. You're going to get some easy times for a while. And um, we actually went on our honeymoon six or eight weeks later. And I miscarried on the plane on the way to our honeymoon. Oh, my goodness. And so it was really hard that week. uh, We had a beautiful vacation in the BVI on a sailboat, just the two of us. And um, it was a time of healing and trying to understand what was happening. It was just really hard right because we wanted that so bad and I felt like that it was all fitting together and when you think oh look I get to have an easy downhill for a while sometimes you don't sometimes the next thing comes up and right. so that was a really tough you know week but we also had a really good time too I look back at the pictures and we're happy my husband's awesome and you
2: had a little time <laughs> so to heal we did um, you know just together the two of you yes and you know, those that don't understand miscarriage, which we don't understand why it happens or, you know, what, why God, you know, and maybe in heaven we'll, we'll know, right? But um, I have a friend who had this happen, and I just remember that it was so painful. And at the time, I just uh, reunited with this friend from church, and I told her that the reason I didn't Connect with her is I really just did not know what to say. I did not know how to deal with it. I didn't know what to say. So I didn't say anything. And looking back, that's really not the right thing to do. It's just I didn't know. And I told her that and she gave me a big hug with tears rolling down her eyes. And she just said, Thank you for that. You know, because. It is something where somebody that's never been through it doesn't understand. And that's one of those things that I have not. I've experienced quite a few things, but that's not one of them. But I know that it just must be so devastating. Not only the actual physical, but just the emotional and the heart behind the whole thing must be devastating.
1: Yeah, it was really hard. uh, And sometimes the right thing to say is, I don't know what to say. Right. Or there are no words. That's a great phrase because it's true. Sometimes there's nothing to say. Yeah, But saying that is helpful that right, we know that you care. Right. so
2: right. Yeah. You're listening to The Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA. Thank you, San Diegans, for listening in on KPRZ and KDAR and Ventura and all the way up and down the coast. And now with the Internet all over the world, I just thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're new to The Sue Free Show, just let me tell you just if you go to sufree spelled like fries one word, dot com, go there and there is free information there there are 8 years of podcasts that you can look up by subject matter by guest like Kelly if you want to listen to this again or share it with someone please do that would you we we really want to share get the word out this show is for you i pray before i get on the show we all pray before we get on the show because we want the lord to work through us as open vessels to be used for his glory And the main purpose is if you're feeling down, just know that you're not alone. And if you're going through something, just like what Kelly is experiencing or explaining right now, it's that, you know, that's not something I I know anything about, but Kelly does. And so she's sharing her story with you because we don't want anyone to feel alone, isolated, that, you know, you don't have to go through this alone. That's what God's there for. And he puts people in our paths, even for a time to just get us through a tough time. So Kelly's here right now to tell us about this. Maybe, you know, if there's just one person listening that has experienced this, which I'm sure there are, because this is very common.
1: Yes. Much more common than, than people, people realize. Yeah. Yep.
2: And so, you know, um, I'm sorry if this has happened to you. I really am. My heart goes out to you. And words, there are no words. <laughs> there, there truly aren't. So continue on with your story.
1: So, of course, we went to the doctor to try to kind of figure out what happened, and they And it's true most of the time. There's no reason for that they know. Just sometimes Mm -hmm. something doesn't develop right, and the pregnancy just ends. And they're very clinical about that because they see it a lot more than we obviously do as individuals. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my doctor, I remember him very clearly saying, you will be pregnant again. You'll have a baby. I know it. And so don't worry about it. So give your body a couple months. That's what we did. Waited three months, and I got pregnant the very first try the second time that we tried to get pregnant. And so I thought, okay, that was just a little speed bump. This is going to be okay. And then five or six weeks later, or at the five, six weeks mark, um, we lost that pregnancy as well. Mm. So that was hard. Like, okay, well, now we're on the path to this being a pattern and not just a one-off. right? And the doctors were kind of still like, oh, well, we don't do anything until there are three in a row, is when we start to investigate. Okay. Well, in the meantime, my... Now, wonderful husband Jeremy um, was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, mm. So, um, which now knowing what we know, the thyroid cancer is like the kind you want if there's a kind of cancer that you want to have. But at the time, it was very scary. And so we talked to the doc- my doctors and said, well, we you know we're kind of on hold because didn't want to bring a baby into the world if something was going to happen to my husband, and I'm very practical that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so can we please have all the testing done early, like now, even though we only had two miscarriages only Right? Right. Um, And so they said, sure. So tested me. Everything came back fine. So that was good. And my husband got through his uh, battle with thyroid cancer, and we were cleared to, okay, let's try this again. So then once again, the very first month, we got pregnant again. So... It just seemed like, okay, well, this time it's going to be fine. And we got to the 11-week mark, which is so close to where they say, yeah, yeah. everything is fine.
2: Three months, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And um, unfortunately, we lost that pregnancy as well. And that one was really bad because the later you lose it, the worse it is just right. on you physically and emotionally because yes. you've started getting excited. We've right. seen a heartbeat. you would seen all those things. Yes. And so then doctors really don't have any answers, so they turn you over to a specialist. And at this point... We hadn't talked to my family about these things because they tell you, don't tell anybody until you're in right. your second trimester. But right. well, when you don't tell anybody, there's nobody there to share the hard part with you if right. it doesn't make it to the second trimester. Right. So that mess- it's a double-edged sword. Um, yes. So now we brought my family into it. People were great. My parents were great. My brother and sister were great um, to have that support. And so we eventually um, started going to a specialist, and they send you to a fertility clinic. And when you think fertility clinic, you think you can't get pregnant, right? Right. And so this was just a hard thing to accept that I have a problem and I need someone to help me with this. Um, And through the fertility clinic, we learned that I have a blood clotting disorder, and it's an uncommon one that was not caught in the first round of testing because they typically do not test for that in the first round because it is so uncommon. Hmm. So... With that and a few other things, we were cleared with some medication, a blood thinner. So an injection I do one or two times a day uh, to keep my blood thinner. And we got pregnant again. I think it was the first month still this time as well. <laughs> and then at the five or six week mark, we lost that pregnancy oh also. Oh, my goodness. So now I thought, well, they have the answer and it's still not working. And now I'm getting older. Now I'm in my mid-30s and all of a sudden you're scary as a pregnant person Right? when you're in your mid-30s. Um, So we have another round. And something told me to go see an acupuncturist. It was just a weird feeling I had. So I did. And she got me on the path to see a reproductive immunologist. And he found that I also have an autoimmune disorder. So now I have a blood clotting disorder and an autoimmune disorder. And so I'm on a different path for medication. And unfortunately, that medication is not covered by insurance. And it was extremely, extremely expensive. Um, But we chose to go ahead and go down that path as well. I got pregnant on the third month of trying this time. And um, I actually went in for the very first ultrasound. And the doctor was like, oh, yeah, there's a heartbeat. Oh, by the way, there are three of them. What? (laughs) Oh, my word. And this was not with IVF. This was was crazy. And Jeremy and I were both like, what are we going to do with three? (laughs) So, (laughs) so, and the doctor's like, yeah, this very rarely happens. Like, well, no kidding. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So there were three, um, that pregnancy was very healthy and we got to week nine and we had lost two of them. And so that was terrifying because now I'm thinking, great. At what point are we going to lose the third one? It's just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. Um, but in August of 2014, we had a little girl named Kennedy, and so she made it out. <laughs> she was a strong one. So one of three. One of the three wow. made it out. Wow. See, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah most people –
2: Now that's different. That's not something that happens Right. very often.
1: Yeah. And yes. we knew baby – they, they letter them A, B, and C. We knew baby C was having a little bit of difficulty from the very beginning. The sac was small, even though the baby was growing at the right rate. Um but baby A and B looked great. So on the week when we had lost baby A and C, it was just scary. It was a scary time.
2: Do you lean on scriptures? Yes. Is there scriptures that that you have memorized that you lean on?
1: Yep. Uh okay. Philippians four thirteen, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's the one <sighs> that I will never forget. I, I learned it forever too. ago.
2: Yes. And and, and we I lean on that one quite quite often.
1: Yes. Yep. When everything is going
2: not the right way, (laughs) it's like, okay, this is beyond my strength. Yes. Yes. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So baby Kennedy is now how old?
1: She is now two and she'll be two and a half in January. Okay. So she's doing great. And she's even with all my medication and everything, because I was on. Daily injection, well, twice a day injections into my abdomen for the blood thinner uh, and baby aspirin. Just doing those no shots? Um, so this is fun. Oh, so I did. I don't know. I did the one one of them Ugh. every day. And then I felt like Jeremy should be part of the fun. So he got to do the one every night. So I would do the morning ones. He would do the evening ones. So oh. I felt like fair is fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so yeah, so we split the duty on that.
2: Can I wind back a little bit? Because when you met Jeremy, and you talked, I'm sure there was this trust factor. Your your, uh, you know, your red flag, kind of, you know, you're questioning you and your decision making power. Yes. And here's Jeremy, and you're going, Okay, I don't want to make another mistake. So how do I make sure? How, How did you do that?
1: Well, and it's funny you say that because tough. with my first husband, we dated for almost three and a half years before right. I got married. And
2: you got married really and
1: quick. Jeremy was 11 months. I know. And I could not get married fast enough. <laughs> and part of that was that we both really, really wanted children. Uh-huh. And there's only a certain window in which a yes. woman can do that, yes. unfortunately. Yes, that's way, true. It's that's the way true. it is. Mm-hmm. But I just knew, and I know that sounds so bad, it's just, but I just knew he, he was the right one. Everything clicked together. I didn't have any of the red flags where I was modifying stories to be like, oh, well, you know, I I could tell everybody 100% about him, about us, about our journey together. You didn't have to hide anything. And we were dating long distance because he was only, when I met him, he was down here for a dance event. Right. He lived in Reno. Oh. And uh, yeah, so it was crazy because we only saw each other every other weekend, but I just knew. and. We talked so much over the phone mm-hmm. and through Skype and through email, and I think that actually helped us get to know each other better because it takes – you really get to know each other emotionally and mentally so much better without physical contact of any mm-hmm. kind, mm-hmm. really. Like, right. we spent so much time apart. Right. And I I felt like we got to where I wanted to be within six months that some people take years to get there. He was so open and honest. I was the same. We just – ripped off our skin and said this is who I am right so if both people do that time doesn't necessarily matter as much
2: right so so there was someone that needed to hear that too so I'm glad you you shared that because that had to be I mean I would think apprehension would play a role but you're saying that with talk and open free conversation uh, just being able to be completely honest up front this is me this is all of me take it or leave it and both of you were that way. Yeah. Same, you know. Yep.
1: And I definitely had like, I thought, okay, if there are too many weird things that you get a couple, you get to be weird in a couple of ways. But once you start being weird in too many ways, then you're out. And I, re- <laughs> so his his weird bucket got filled pretty quickly when I found out that, so sorry, honey, that he doesn't can't stand the sound of someone brushing their teeth like he goes can't do it it makes him crazy like he has to crawl in the corner i thought okay that's weird you get a couple more and then you're, but that really was the only one that ever came up there there really wasn't like anything strange or it, okay yeah. so
2: jeremy now we know that you have to brush your teeth or she has to brush her teeth in another bathroom or not at the same I, I do, time right?
1: i do and he has an electric toothbrush it's the only thing he can use so that's so,
2: really funny yeah. Kelly, I'm going to tease him about that. Is that okay? It's fine, yeah.
1: Okay, (laughs) Okay, that's
2: good. So you met dancing. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, long distance. Yep. We're going to go to break really quickly. What would you like to say to the audience? We're going to come back after this break, so don't leave us, okay? Hang in there. But what would you like to say before the break regarding meeting him or anything?
1: Anything you wanted to say? uh, So I'm so thankful to meet him. He's amazing, and I love you, honey, and I hope everybody gets to meet him.
2: They will. So we'll be back right after this brief break. Hi, Sue Freeze, the termite lady here. It's been my privilege to serve my community for 32 years as owner of E.C.O.L.A. Termite and Pest Control. Family is one of the most important things in my life, so you can imagine my panic when my little boy Tyson stopped breathing for the first time when he was two years old. It was the most terrifying thing I'd ever experienced. In an instant, Tyson had become a statistic. One in eight children in California who suffers from life-threatening asthma. Those of you who listen to my radio show understand that I'm not a victim. I'm a mover, I'm a doer, and I'm a believer. And so I did what I had to do. I set out to find out why Tyson was suffering those horrific asthma attacks, and the journey was powerful and illuminating. I learned so much about how asthma attacks can be prevented, how you can make your home a healthier, happier environment, and how you can emerge from challenging situations like this even stronger and more powerful than you ever could imagine. I've shared my family's story in my new book, Learning to Breathe, available now on my website, www.sufreez.com. If you or someone you love suffers from asthma, this is a book you must read. Please order your copy today. And for more information about effective alternatives to traditional pest control, please call us at E.C.O.L.A., 800-332-2847. We'd love to help you take care of your home and your family, too. Learning to Breathe, available now at SueFreeze.com. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady from E.C.O.L.A. Termite and Pest Control. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at E.C.O.L.A. I understand why E.C.O.L.A. is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma... My mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants. I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose. I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother Andy Cola, cares for our customers like my mom cared for me. We are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. E.C.O.L.A. Termite and pest control.
0: 877-332-BUGS. You're listening to The Sue Free Show.
2: Thank you so much, E. Termite and Pest Management Services, for sponsoring this show. If you'd like to sponsor this show, get in contact with me by going to Sue Fries, like word.com and we'll talk. You know, what you need to know is, you know, if you're not sure if radio is the thing for you, if, if you don't think it's an avenue that you can do or you're not sure, just let's talk, and I can help you through that process, okay? Uh, Learning to Breathe, a book that I wrote, and uh, highly recommend it for anybody that has any respiratory issues, anything like that please get in contact with me, and uh, we can get you a book. We can sign it. And if you have any questions regarding any of that, contact me, suefreeze.com. Okay, so we're back with Kelly Bryan, and it's just been delightful. And we have, I oh, 20, 25 more minutes. And so I want to uh, talk a little bit about the process with Kennedy. I mean, you were you were talking about some of the shots that you had to take and everything. What else had to happen during that time? It sounds like there was a lot going on during that time.
1: There was a lot going on and kind of overwhelming because it, it came from several different doctors so we We're kind of mm-hmm. piecing together um, what my treatment would be. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first thing was the acupuncturist did an amazing job, and I was very skeptical of what they could do for right. you. But she really got my body very like regular with everything to do with you know getting prepared to be pregnant and your cycle and everything i had never had a normal one and she got everything firing the way it was supposed to be and kept me super calm through the pregnancy so i would go to weekly appointments with her um i also had the injections twice a day that we already talked about um i was having blood work done once a month actually 90 miles from my house oh. jeremy would have to come too they had to do blood work on him to regulate some of the drugs that i was taking so those appointments were once a month and, it's you know, far around trip in L.A. traffic. It was 90 miles, but many, many hours on the in the car. Yes. And that would result in uh, I was on a steroid, so on prednisone, which has some side effects that mm-hmm. can be difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also was on these infusions that I had to have done two to three times a month, and those were really difficult because – they were very expensive. And when you're in the middle of all this and then you've got financial things put on top of it, um, the infusions were $2,000 a day. Mm-hmm. I had to have two to three uh, a month. And then the nursing cost about $450 a day. And so my wonderful, wonderful brother, uh, who is a firefighter engineer, a medic, actually saved us the cost of that by coming in and doing those infusions for me and then it was just neat to have my family there with me as part of the journey Mm -hmm. we felt like he was part of our pregnancy Right. right um so the steroid and the infusions and the injections and then your normal prenatals and then your all the appointments for all of this stuff plus coordinating getting all the medications sent to you and making sure you're home to pick this stuff up and than all the regular doctor appointments. So I have about 40 ultrasounds for my first pregnancy. Oh my goodness. I was just constantly being monitored by somebody. Um, I was considered high risk. So I was going to the hospital for special doctor visits. And it was, it was challenging. It was very time consuming. And I say I'm one of the only people in the world where once the baby comes out, they cost you less money right. because <laughs> they really, like, it was anywhere from six dollars to $10,000 a month because the blood work was $1,800 a month. It, this stuff was not covered by insurance.
2: This isn't very regular. It's, uh, you know, a clinical story, I think. Yes. I think, did they use you as a, a story or a model? For no,
1: but my, re- my regular OBGYN said, I've never seen someone go this far. Right. Like, do That's all of this stuff.
2: You really but wanted that baby. We did. We both did.
1: But yes. on that note, we actually had opened our, our hearts to adoption. Right. And so we had gone gotten through, partway through that process, and we were at the point where we were getting ready to, check, to cut the next check in the process, and I literally got pregnant that week. Huh? And so that was a message to me that, okay, let's, especially when we found out it was triplets, trying to adopt with triplets would have been mm. just more than I wanted to take Oh, guard. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yes. so we just felt like that was a very clear signal right. that this is what was supposed to happen for us at that time. Uh huh. So, so, so yes. moving forward.
2: Okay. Moving forward.
1: You wanted to mention your brother. Yeah. So he was. Uh, he was very important to us in that process. It wasn't just about saving the money. It was just having somebody that was. There that I knew that just made all of this seem as normal as it could seem when it was just so outside of normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately, my brother passed away this summer. And so, uh, but to have him part of that pregnancy was really special.
2: Yeah, we talked because we were at Stagecoach and you were mentioning that. And I was just like, oh my goodness, you know, I know firemen and I know how they are and, and all of that. And how this happened was crazy and if you don't mind mentioning what happened to your brother of I think it's important yeah. that people know this
1: yes um so he my brother is is he's an amazing person and he was very mechanically inclined mm-hmm. worked on his own cars and you know all that stuff owned his own boat mm-hmm. Um. he and his family along with two of our cousins who are similarly aged and their young families were on a houseboat at Lake Powell mm-hmm. and he's done this before This was not a first-time thing. He's very competent. Um, They showed him what to do for some routine boat maintenance you have to do while you're on, how the generator works, how all this stuff works, right? Sure. And so one of the things he had to do was replace this filter, and he went to do that on day four of their trip, which is what they were instructed to do day three or four, something like that. And um, he was electrocuted. And it really was was just – A fluke thing where whoever was going to touch that that day was going to die there was nothing he did wrong Um, it was like changing a bag on a vacuum cleaner just super simple process that anyone should be able to do Um, and so it it was the best situation my family that was there likes to say because my sister-in-law ran to the next boat that was in the same cove and it was full of ER doctors and they came and worked on him and there was just nothing they could do. And it was like the only cove they were in all week that a helicopter could land in. They had cell phone reception. Like all the pieces were there that if he was meant to live, he would have lived. But it's been really hard on our family. Yeah. So um, they've. So I can't really talk too much about right. the details because it's all legal, crazy. Right. You know, it's federal, it's state because it happened where it happened. Right. Um, and they... Uh, but just the preliminary findings, like uh, what I can say is he did nothing wrong. Right. There was a lot of negligence that is
2: now turning so, into
1: a big, giant mess. So
2: I've house houseboated. I've houseboated on Lake Powell. So when I heard this, I'm like, wow, you know, here's a family going on vacation, renting a boat. And, you know, you just never know. And we have to take ca- precaution. And even when you take precaution, yeah. things happen. Yeah. Bad things happen to good people. And it 's too bad, but it, it does happen and, and when you were telling me that, I was like, "Oh my goodness, gracious! so So everybody in the room is crying right now, <laughs> um, and that 's okay because it's it's heartfelt and it's, you know it 's so sad that he 's not here, but he's watching over you right now. you know that
1: yes, <laughs> and our last encounter was just amazing um, so i 'm pregnant again. <laughs> And uh, he was involved in this pregnancy as well. He oh, yeah. would tell, I got to go get my sister pregnant, is what he would <laughs> tell people. Which is like creepy, but also if you knew him, really funny. <laughs> so he's, he's such a funny person. Um, and, and so I just feel like he's part of. Yes. The last time I saw him was right before his vacation, and he was doing one of my infusions. And we just ended with a big hug and a kiss and a, I love you so much. And I couldn't ask for a better last moment
2: right So, and there's a lesson there isn't there we never know do we No.
1: Nope.
2: so it's important that we say what we want to say when we have a chance yep. right so that's a lesson there because
1: I have no doubt about how we felt about each other
2: yeah that I feels know. really good to yeah that yeah yeah so never take for granted always say what you want to say and, and be sure and say it you know don't just say oh he already knows or she already knows say it you know say you love somebody or that you're proud of them or that you're thankful for them yep it's very important.
1: And now I look, so we always are looking for meaning in things. And uh-huh. so while we struggled with our pregnancies and part of the struggle involved these infusions that we have to do and um, part of this pregnancy as well, I'm, if I hadn't had that, I would not have the special time with my brother. Right. And some of those were around other people and some of those were just he and I. And as you know, like when you get married, your life changes and you're, you're still yourself, but you're a different person. You're, you're different with your kids and with your spouse, and it's it's just different. Um, and the brother that I grew up with, I didn't always get to be around that brother right. because he's with his family. He's being a dad. He's being a good husband, right. like he should be, and I would expect him to be. But in those moments where we were doing infusions by ourselves, I would get to see the brother I had when I was like 10 or 11, you know, and those memories were awesome because I got—he wasn't a dad in that moment. He wasn't a husband He was my screwy brother (laughs) that we got to just be ourselves with. And so I'm so thankful.
2: You know, I've I've told my children I have a 34 and a 31-year-old and I have a boy and then I have a daughter. And I tell them it's, you know, someday parents are going to be gone and all you're going to have is each other. And so I tell them that all the time because sometimes they just didn't appreciate each other, you know, they fight and argue and, you know, just dad, mom, blah, blah, blah. You know, so um, I would tell them, you know, it's really important that that relationship grow and be strong and. And invest in it.
1: That's what yeah. was. I know every relationship is special with a brother or sister, but ours was different because we had our moments for sure. <laughs> but I we really loved each other even when we were younger. And I don't know if that you know my parents divorced when I was ten, so that changes the dynamic and changes the way I would make sure I was taking care of him or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, we didn't have a lot of those moments. Mm-hmm. We spent definitely a lot more time... Having together. fun together yeah. and doing the same, you know, playing in the backyard. And I I can't really describe our relationship. I can't, words won't do it justice. Right. we, It was just a very special brother-sister relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a lot of people tell me they wish that they had a relationship like that with their sibling. Mm-hmm. Because we really were like on very mentally connected. I could finish his sentences. People would have no idea where he would come up with some left, off of just loud left field, some strange, weird um, story to tell, and I could tell you exactly how he got there. Oh, he was—you th- <laughs> know—you were drinking punch, and he was thinking about this, and then it, you know, ten <laughs> steps later, he remembered this, and right. he would laugh because I would be right because right. Like, exactly, and everybody else would just like, I, that's so weird, you know. So,
2: so it's wonderful that you have those memories and that you have that relationship. Yes, yeah, very so much. grateful. So, I'm—I'm I'm, the people listening. You know, if they have siblings or whatnot, you know, that might touch them in a way to where they might move in a direction that's different than what they been doing up to now
1: yeah and you, know, you can cultivate that relationship i think later in life you can choose to say you know i want to have something right. like that or closer right. to that and um i'm just lucky that i had it kind of from the start with him right so. you know we have
2: something else in common hmm. my parents divorced at my i was 10 oh isn't that something yep interesting isn't it
1: kind of an awkward time because you're just getting ready oh, to yeah, yeah very <laughs> transition awkward. to where everybody's Hormonal yeah, and what's going on? What's
2: going <laughs> yeah. on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. So moving forward, you've got another baby. Yes. Coming. So
1: after Kennedy, I wasn't really sure if I would ever be up for this again because uh-huh. it was just. A lot. A lot. Yes. And then just thinking about potentially having another miscarriage is really scary yeah, after absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, and Kennedy's our what we call our rainbow baby, so it's a common term. It's a baby born after miscarriage or a stillbirth or loss of a child. So she's our little rainbow, and didn't I didn't want to contaminate that with right. new fresh wounds, but um, it just felt right. And we again opened the door to adoption or having another, a, a, yeah, a biological <laughs> child, and. Um, just like last time, we were, like, days away from signing the check on the adoption to get the process, like, restarted again. And I got pregnant. I the, I tested positive. And it was a um, couple days after my brother had done my last infusion. And so we were so excited because I'm old. <laughs> and when you get older, it's just the chances of getting pregnant are mm-hmm. lower. And it was our third month of trying. So super excited. And then, of course, we got the news uh, six days later about my brother, which uh, was made it hard to enjoy the first right. few months of our pregnancy. But um, for my brother's birthday, which was in August, he would have been 37. We did our gender reveal, and it's a little boy, <laughs> so we're really excited. And we know my brother knows and is watching down.
2: Yes. And he helped you get pregnant.
1: He did. He He got me pregnant. Yes. So (laughs) it was, and I spoke at his funeral, um, and of course, few people knew that I was pregnant at the time. But it was just neat to have that little secret with a few of my Mm -hmm. family members, Um, and of course, when everybody found out I was pregnant, that had been at the funeral, they were just super excited because they they knew the story of him helping and everything. Right. So yeah, it was great. So we're having a little boy, and I still have to go through all the same medical. Treatment, as before, um, it's financially hard. Um, but
2: I know Jeremy works. What, yeah. is, what does he do? I mean, how does so, he get time off, and how, does it, how is this all this working?
1: We are super, super blessed and lucky to both work from home.
2: Okay. And so
1: while we work a lot of very long days, and I work a lot of strange hours, as does he, it makes it a lot easier for all the appointments and stuff. Um, And we work a lot. We work really hard because we haven't financed any of this. Mm -hmm. This has all been out-of-pocket cash because that's really important to us. And every couple has different things that they set. But we have financial goals, and we want to be able to provide things to our children. And if you go into complete debt over having them, then you might not be able to take care of them on the other end. And sadly, it's a practical part of life. It's the way it works. Right. So. But yeah, so we're back in all the treatments and the doctor visits and all of that all over again, and we'll have a little baby boy. When? Beginning of end of January, beginning of February,
2: New Year. So yeah, new new baby, new baby. Yeah, and
1: we're just and I just again I just feel like my brother's part of this pregnancy as well, and just happy that uh, if I hadn't had these challenges, I wouldn't have had those special moments with him, and I just feel like my brother's part of. My baby girl and now my baby boy.
2: You know, your, your your personality is one to look for the good and look for the silver lining, you know. Yeah. And, and you look for the lesson. to yes. learn the lessons. Uh, is there another lesson in there for those listening as far as, you know, maybe somebody else is struggling with getting pregnant? What would you say to them?
1: So one of the big things is um, I think you have to be an advocate for yourself. So Here sometimes you it takes... It takes several doctors to get to where you need to be. And the doctors kind of treat you like checkbox like a list of checkboxes. They can't help it. It's just it's scientific. It's the way it works. But I had gut feelings about things that we pursued more heavily than maybe other people would. And we really were advocates for ourselves. I had a file that, you know, catalogued what doctors had told us and test results so that every doctor had the whole picture. And I was not quiet sometimes about how I felt about things and how what I thought the next thing should be and what I was willing to do and what I wasn't willing to do. And Jeremy, and I say I, I, should say we, because Jeremy was very involved in the whole process. Um, he's been wonderful. I know some husbands don't understand how hard a miscarriage can be on your body and your brain. And and he was the whole time just equally invested in same amount of emotion and Uh, And the same thing with a pregnancy, just putting the same amount of effort in every appointment he would be at. It was, um, but we really had to be advocates for ourselves through the whole process.
2: That's very good advice. And so many people just kind of take a doctor's view as being the view. And, uh, you know, they must be right because they have the doctor, uh, you know, in front of their name. Right. DR. Um, But nobody knows your body better than you do. And, you know, like, like if somebody gets injured, you know, I can't – I don't know how much they hurt. You know, you go into emergency and they'll say, yeah. your pain threshold is from 1 to 10. Where are you, right? <laughs> On the
1: smiley face chart. Yeah, yeah. Sm- <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And, and kind of our emotions and everything, they play a part in all of it. It's not all the scientific facts, but it's also there's a lot of other things that play into that. And our mindset has a lot to do with everything, right? Yeah. So – um, what you're saying right now, as far as being an advocate is so true. I mean, if you don't feel comfortable with something, then, you know, a second opinion yeah. would be in order. And you said also about acupressure.
1: Oh, acupuncture, acupuncture. Yes. Yes. yes.
2: That's really important that you look at maybe there's another avenue that maybe we're not even looking at.
1: Yeah, there's the whole Eastern versus Western medicine. Yeah. And I really think that you can blend both of those. Now, that's my personal right. feeling about it. Everyone has a different but that's what I felt, and that's what worked for us was to do a combination of both. And so, would you
2: say your relationship, your marriage, is stronger?
1: Oh, yes. I feel like a lot of marriages would not have lasted that first year with the losses and the cancer, and a lot there of were crisis. there were some grandparents that passed away. Um, my husband's dad passed away in that year, and even talk about that. So, lots of funerals, and just it was a hard year. And we really just seemed to get closer each time. Um, as a married couple
2: going through all of this, what advice would you give to married couples what what advice what's what's the glue what's holding you together?
1: Just staying really open the same way that we kind of just exposed ourselves to each other like this is who I am I think we continue to do that and it it's cliche and a lot of people say it, but the communication is just so important like I rarely think, oh gee I wonder what he's feeling like today or whatever you know i i think we're very much on the same page all the time um yeah and we i know a lot of your audience probably has read the five love languages it's a great book and <laughs> great we book. yes and we really do when i started dating him he said you have to read this book like this is i won't won't date you unless you read this book That's and it was awesome. like the first and i said okay but you have to read it, too, you, <laughs> <laughs> because he had read it, but like a couple years before. Right. So we read it together and talked Aww. about. So we still check in on each other and we're very familiar. And that, that book is kind of a big part of our hand guide to Absolutely. each other. So if you don't know what she's
2: mentioning right now, if you go to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word dot com, there is a Sue Freeze TV. If you go on there, there's a video. I'm riding a unicycle and I am talking about the five love languages while I'm riding the unicycle and I'm explaining the different languages and how we speak in our own language. It's very interesting. And if you don't understand all of this, that's OK. Just uh, go buy the book. And uh, is it by Chapman? Yeah, Gary that, Gary yes, Chapman that's right uh the five love languages and it's excellent not only for your uh spouse relationship but any relationship your children also I've had both my children read the book uh, just to understand them and and how to talk in their language and for them to understand yours so it's really important to do that where was God in all of this
1: so that's a good question um sometimes it felt like he was really far away I think I was affected more by this than actually all the crazy things that happened in my first marriage because those things I felt like I had things I could do to keep step. I had, I, I felt like I was getting a better direction from him and this, there was a lot that was left up to the medical community or trying to figure out our path. I just felt more lost at times. But what I will say is that uh, I think that overall for Jeremy and I both, we feel much closer and I never doubted, but it's just reaffirmed my belief um, in him. And I can't describe it. It was a very, having a child is a very emotional thing. And it, I look at our daughter and I look at the journey that we've had. And I look at Jeremy and I, I can't imagine there not being a God. Like it's not, it's not possible. He is definitely there. And I see it in faces and I see it in the story of my brother. It's, he's just been there the whole time.
2: I love your transparency. You make me cry. <laughs> and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Whether you're male or female, it really doesn't matter. And there's nothing wrong with crying and feeling because God put our feelings there for a reason. So we're getting to the close of the show, and I don't even have a chance for you to summarize. So listen to the show, share the show, be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you until next week. Bye-bye.
0: I'm home. This has been the Sue Freeze Show, sponsored by Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services.